And Father God, that we would be compelled, Father God, to fulfill, Father God, that which you show us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Oops. We're living in, in, in the times which the Bible calls the last days. Glory to God. Amen. Uh, there is turmoil everywhere. People are under stress. And there is uncertainty. And there is a lack of trust in everything or for everyone. So how do you respond when you don't know what God is doing in your life. And your prayers seem to be going nowhere. Uh, our generation, generation we live in, needs to know that God is with us, that we can trust him, uh, just as uh, he has promised in his word. So we must reestablish our faith and trust in, in God. And for a title uh, of this, if you're having, wanting a title, it's Faithfulness. God's faithfulness. So if you'll turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 7, that's Deuteronomy chapter 7. Uh, you should have read that far so far in, the, in your Bible. I'm believing you got that far at least. Deuteronomy chapter 7, looking at verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keeps his commandments to a thousand generations. Thy Lord, Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God. He is the faithful God. God has a faithful passion for his people. He has a passion for us. Uh, God has a heart for his people. He wants to bless each and every one of us. And we need to come to a greater understanding of that. Uh, now turn with me to the book of Jeremiah. You know, how many times have we, ever, we look into the book of Jeremiah? Almost every week lately. That's Jeremiah chapter 31. Looking at verse 3, that's 31, 3 of Jeremiah. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness I have drawn thee. From the Amplified, it says, The Lord appeared from the old to me, me Israel, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you. So, um, God's love is everlasting to us. Glory to God. Let's uh, go into the New Testament now. Find the book of Romans. That's the book of Romans chapter 5. Verse 8, that's five, Romans 5, 8. But God cometh, commandeth, commandeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God's love is expensive. He gave his very best. Uh, 
God's love is expensive. If, if, we were if you were just the only one, he would have gave his life for you. Uh, that is, to think about that, his, how, how strong his love is for you, how strong his love is for each and every one of us, should you know, really open our eyes up. If you love somebody that much, you give him your best. And that's what husband and wife should be. You give your mate your best. Thank you for all the amens out there. <laughs> so uh, turn, uh, turn back a little bit and to a familiar scripture. John chapter 3, verse 16. We already know that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. His, lo his love is extensive. It goes to everyone, and not just um, goody two-shoes out there, but he's, he, he loves even the, the crooked person. Uh, the, he loves the, uh, the walking dead, the ones that... The, he loved you and he loved me before we came to know him. That's how, that's how extensive it is. It goes out to every, everything that lost, everyone that even hate, hated him. His love is extensive. It reaches out. I'm glad, you know. Uh, you know, in the, in the Old Testament, he says to Israel, you're my people. But when you come to the New Testament, we find out he took, in a, he took the Gentiles and he took us all in. His love is extensive. He didn't say, well, you belong to that race. You, you forget you. He loves even the Muslims. The Buddhist and all the rest of the religions. He loves each and every one. And, he want, and he's placed his love out there. And if anyone will just receive that love, uh, glory to God, it's an everlasting love. Okay, going back to Deuteronomy chapter 7. That's Deuteronomy chapter 7. Whoa. Look at verse 6. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all the people that are on the face of the earth. Of course, he's talking to the Jews at this time, but hey, glory to God. Paul says, one who is circumcised in heart is a true Jew. So, where does that put you? You're, holy, you're, you're chosen by God. Well, let's bring it back to the New Testament then. To Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Oh, glory to God. In Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 4, Ephesians 1, 4 says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. 
from the Amplified, verse 4. Even as in his love he has chosen us, exactly picked us out for himself as his own in Christ before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy, consecrated, and set apart for him, and blameless in his sight, even above approach before him in love. He's chosen us. He's faithful to his children. Let's move further on into the New Testament to the book of 1 Peter chapter 2. That's 1 Peter chapter 2. Looking at verse 9, very familiar uh, scripture. That's 1 Peter 2, 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that shall for, show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. From the Amplified, you are a chosen race, a, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people, that ye may set forth, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfectness of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Wow, there's a lot there. A chosen race, a new race, a new creation in Christ Jesus, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation. Wow. Owned and purchased a special people that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Wow. Whoa. That is something else. Chosen. He, he has his focus upon each and every one of us. It doesn't... Stray. He's focused on you each and every day. He has a plan for, he plans out our day for us. If we will just focus on him and listen to him, we'll have a wonderful day. He's so focused. And then even if we, when we sidestep his plans, he's still focused on us to bring us back. Wow, great news. Chosen to be focused in his love. Chose to be focused in his grace. Chose to be fo focused in his mercy. I mean, you can't get away from God. Once you're his child, he's not going to let you go. He chose us. He redeemed us. He blessed us because he has love for us. And the only way you can get away from that love, that grace, is to turn your back completely upon him and run away. Say you don't want him anymore. Unfortunately, the, uh, in these last days, it says many, many of the elect will be deceived. And the elect stands for those that know him. So many children of God are going to say, I don't, you know, there's something better out there than, than what you say. I'm going to follow this guy because he said there's a different way. Always lead to, all, all religions lead to God in heaven. No, they don't. But a lot of people are believing it. They're abandoning the scriptures. And Galatians, 
chapter 3 says, O foolish Galatians, who's led you astray? Why, why do you listen to somebody else's doctrine when it's been written down for you, to, for you to read and to absorb, to believe and do? And how many, how many, how many believers that you, well, that you know of are, are drifting? It's no good to drift. You know, I told you about the time that we took the boat, a ski boat, out to the lake. And uh, of course, I never knew anything about the boats at that time. I'd never been a good Navy guy, I guess. Anyway, we all jumped out of the boat, the little ski boat, and you know, just started swimming around. And, and I looked up, the, the, no, the boat was nowhere to be seen hardly. I, mean, I see this little thing float. I didn't know you're supposed to put an anchor down to kind of hold it in spot. So, so of course, you know, I had an opportunity to, to use my skills as a swimmer. It wasn't too good. <laughs> I got back, got to the boat and brought it back to the family. We all got in. After that, I knew, hey, I had to drop an anchor. At least it's not going to go that far. I mean, but oftentimes people, you know, if I didn't look, look for it, you know, that thing could have been way out there. And if we were out there by, uh, on a lake up by ourselves, we would have been in bad shape because. I wasn't that great of a swimmer. I had one of those life jackets on to help me. <laughs> a ski boat life jacket, you know, just a little around the waist. It's not the, the uh, May West type. But uh, hey, you got to, got to know what, when not to go out there. If you're going to drift, you better know, have an anchor, have some type of uh, safety rope or something hooked up. God's wanting to hook us up. He's not wanting us, wanting us to drift. But if we are wanting to drift, he'll let us go. He loves us that much that he'll let us do things that we're not supposed to do. He says, here's a choice you have, life or death. Now you choose. And if we choose to go the wrong way, he loves us and he'll let us go our own way. But it's not his fault. It's our own fault. I don't know we're good on that. Okay, let's go on. Okay. God did not save us because he saw something good in us. Romans chapter, since we're in that area, New Testament, let's go to Romans chapter 3. In Romans chapter 3. Let's uh, begin with verse, let's see how we got here, 10. As it written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There you go, there, there, there's our, our capabilities. None of us were good. He didn't save us because we were good. We were not good. Okay. God did not save us because uh, what he saw, he saw there was a, you would be an asset to God's kingdom. That's found in Ephesians chapter Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 
Sometimes you, sometimes you have to wonder. Look at verse 1. And you hath he quickened at who were dead in trespasses and sin. Well, look at that. He didn't say anything good and asked. He did not save us based on what you did or what you said. Or what you prayed or what you possessed. He just loved us. Turn with me now to the book of John, chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 44. That's John 6, 44. No man can come unto me except the Father, ha Father which hath sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up on the last day. From the Amplified it says, No one is able to come unto, unto me unless the Father who sent me attracts and draws him and gives him the desire to come to me, and then I will raise him up from the dead on the last day. Thank God he reaches out. He reaches out to those that are lost. So that's why, you know, the uh, three by five cards that you you wrote out. He's reaching out to these individuals, these names that you gave us, and names that we'll be praying on. You can be the, the mediator in one aspect of bringing them up before the Lord. See, many of these individuals, uh, the, ones that, uh, the ones that you prayed for or, or the ones that you've uh, spoken to about the Lord, you were possibly the ones who planted the seed in this individual. And then as, or maybe you didn't plant the seed, maybe the seed was already there. You just came and watered that seed. So as we pray, we're going to water that seed even more that when the perfect labor come across our path, they're not going to be able to resist any longer. They're going to come. But we've got to know that some we plant, some we water, and a few of those we're going to see the harvest in. And there's a few names here, so we're going to see, see some great mighty things. Thank God he reaches down to those who lack the ability to reach up to him. Uh, I could ask, how many of you, the first time you heard the gospel, said, yes, Lord, here I am. Take me. I know I didn't. I was those hard, hardcore persons, you know. Uh, it's not time for me to do it. I'm a little bit scared. I don't know what's going to happen if I do that. Um, and thank God that he spared me. He spared you possibly from, from missing, missing out on eternity. He sent, he sent somebody else to send the good news to you. And finally, the light bulb goes on. Hey, that's something good. I better get down there. I had gone to uh, numerous uh, Bible studies that the lady that uh, kind of took me under her, uh, her wing, so to speak, 
and brought me to different Bible studies. Come on, David, you can come with me. You, you like the Bible, you, maybe, maybe you'll get saved. You know, nah, nah, nah. And uh, none of those Bible studies, I mean, there were great Bible studies, but none of them really jolted me. So uh, they told me about, I was living in Salinas with my family, going to college, junior, junior college. Heart and all that. One that goes against. Anyway, you know, we got a big panther on front of our place. What do you got? A bulldog. <laughs> That's rivalry. Okay, but anyway. We, go, we didn't go anywhere. Anyway, anyway they tell me about, uh, she told me about a place to go. They were, they were having a revival in the town of Seaside, which is about, oh, that's a little bit outside of Fort Ord. So I went driving out there, you know, yeah, I'll just go check. I, there had to be a hunger there. Anyway, I got in there, and, you know, it was a, it was a good-sized church. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now for the life of me. I think it was Pentecostal Tabernacle or something like that. It was up on the hill in, in Seaside. And all I heard was this guy says, you can walk out of here a lamb of God or a sinner. But when you walk out of here, there is a roaring lion that's out there to devour you. That struck me like, like anything else. I heard all these wonderful you know, love, but that one just kind of petrified me that I was going to walk out in, into, the, into the world and, and Satan was the roaring lion, lion and I was going to be devoured. And that's the night I walked down, down to the altar. You know, sometimes it takes some, some people to be really some fear put into them. It's not the best way, but I got there. <laughs> and uh, when I got out, you know, the, my sister was with me. She said, what did it feel like? <laughs> I said, well, you remember when we walked in church, it was seaside. And Monterey is usually real foggy. Man, it was foggy when you know, we got there. I said, but when I walked out, it was the most clear night you can see. It was just something, something fantastic. Uh, I don't know the date it was, but I know it was a beautiful night. So, you know, uh, so I'm glad he reached down and at least gave me, the gave me another opportunity. Because I don't know what would have happened. I might have ran into that, that lion of the devil and got chewed up. But uh, glory to God, he reached down with, with his loving hands and gave me the... A loving Savior. Amen. So, I don't know. But it's, uh, he redeemed us uh, to himself through the blood of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to uh, the book of Galatians real quick. The book of Galatians chapter 4. I know it's getting late here. Every time I get up here on, on Wednesday night, sometimes I'm telling you things that nobody else has known. Galatians 4. The wife doesn't even know that one. Galatians 4. Verse 5, to redeem them that were under the law, 
that we might receive the adoption of sons. Glory to God, you're a son and daughter of God. He redeemed us. Oh, glory, what, a, what a banner to be under. Freedom. Blood, you're, you're blood washed. Amen. Let's go to 1 Peter now. 1 Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 18, 1 Peter 1, 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations or lifestyles received by traditions of, from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Glory to God, hallelujah. There it is, washed. We're washed. It's the best cleansing that you'll ever get. And finally, let's go to, on this one, since he re redeemed us, Revelation chapter 5. That's Revelation chapter 5. Verse 9. That's uh, Revelation 5, 9. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for, for thou wast slain and hath redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. You know, we're going to get to sing that song when we're up there. I don't know what, how it's going to go, but we're going to be able to sing that song. I've been washed. Wow. You know, there's a lot of songs uh, churches don't want to sing anymore, especially about the blood, because they say it's just a horrendous thought of something being killed, Some, something being sacrificed for you. But thank God we've been, it was the Lamb of God that took away our sins by his blood. Amen. Glory to God. Not only did he, did he uh, redeem us, let's go back to the book of Romans, chapter 6 this time. That's Romans chapter 6, looking at verse 14. For all have sinned, but for sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Not only has he redeemed us, glory to God, but he's delivered us from the bondage of sin. Amen. Of course, when he, when he saved us, he changed us and made us into new creatures. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Glory to God. A new creature. It's like, uh, I'll put it this way. How many, how many, uh, I think we can all kind of relate to this. You go down downtown to the department store or clothing store, and you see something beautiful there. I mean, you know, a good-looking suit for the ladies' dress or whatever it is, you know, something great. And you try it on, and and you buy it. What do you feel like? You feel great. This is this is the new me. I mean, you look, you got new threads and you know all that type. Of, you're a new creature. You feel great. You have a new 
streaming or, or, and, and aurora, 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 well, you know what I'm saying, you have, you have an atmosphere about you that, that uh, hey, you, 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 hey, this is something great. When you realize it, I mean, you know, ah, I remember the first time, you know, in the military, when you go in the military line, they're throwing your, what size shoes, you, boots, the shoes you wear, you tell them they throw you the boots, and what size trousers you wear, you know, they, they throw it, I mean, I mean, they don't just say, here you are, they just go, they go to the next shelf, what it is, you know, throw it at you. And, and yet. The next day, very first day that you got your uniform, you, you go back to the barracks and you put on those uniforms, you know, sleeveless. And, and there's something new about you. I mean, you have a uh, new identity. Even though you're at the bottom, you're basic, you, <laughs> you're somebody. This is something that you volunteered for and now you, you feel like a unit and as you move along with your squad or your platoon, you're feeling, hey, you're getting cohesive there, and there's something that you're together with. This is what it is to be a Christian, is to know that you've got brothers and sisters, sisters in the Lord, and you're a unit. In the military, they, you, they make you feel that you're the best. No other unit, no other squad can do what you can do. And they have games like that. One barracks, in basic one barracks match or is teamed up against the other barracks. I know the uh, TIs had a ball. <laughs> you can beat those guys over there, you know. You know, there's only, they only got, they got they're a bunch of wolves, you know, panty waste over on that side. You guys can do it, you know. They, they built, built us up. You know, we didn't come in first, but you know, you, you went out there and you did your best. And you worked as, you know, this is what we are. We need to do our best for the Lord. To make, make him proud and know that you, you've been called Christians. And that uh, you're part of the honor guard now. Because you've been made to be more than conquerors. That's what they tell us. Okay, that's what you are. He is faithful because he because of his name. God is faithful because of his name. He is, he is the God who is over all. He is called the Lord thy God. Lord is a covenant name for God which identifies him as the eternal Self-existent one. So the Lord, the eternal, exalted, existent one. His faithfulness is unlimited to us. Unlimited. Psalms 36. We're going to have to hurry here. Psalms 36. In Psalms 36, verse 5. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. So it's unlimitedness. You know, the clouds are up there. I mean, uh, you can be flying at 30,000, 36,000 feet above the ground, and the clouds are 
still above you. Sometimes they're below you, but some, you know, they're, they're still above you, or you're flying in the clouds. It's fantastic. Those of you just fly, flown, you know what's going on. It's, his faithfulness is unlimited. Psalms 89, Psalms 89. In Psalms 89, we see in verse 33, he says, Nevertheless, thy loving kindness I will not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. So his faithfulness is unfailing. It's, it's always going to be there. He's going to be there when you call upon him. It's not, you know, um, we talked about uh, Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Uh, and uh, Elijah was uh, talking to the prophets of Baal. Hey, come on, call now. You're supposed to, Baal was the fire god. So come on, send your fire down. Come on, you know. And they were jumping up and down, cutting themselves. And, you know, uh, Baal failed him. And then what did Elijah do? He said, get the sacrifice, put it on his altar, and then he said, built a pit around it and filled it with water and poured water all over the sacrifice. And then he says, if God be God, let the fire fall. And now it was, was the sacrifice burned up. The altar was gone. The water was evaporated. And we know who is God. So God is unfailing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Got to hurry. Let's go to the book of Lamentations. Lamentations. It's right after Jeremiah. Lamentations. Chapter 3. That's Lamentations chapter 3, looking at verse 22. For the Lord's mercy, mercies that we are not consumed because of his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So God's faithfulness is new every morning. Every morning. He says, I'm with you this morning. Let's go. Let's go out and conquer the world. Let's do the thing that I've called you to do. You are blessed because I'm with you. Amen. First Corinthians. Let's go on to First Corinthians chapter 10. That's First Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 13. First Corinthians 10:13. "There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you. To be, more, to be tempted above that which you are able. So, he's faithful to help us in times of temptations and trials. 1 Thessalonians, a T section of your Bible. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 23, that's 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Faithful is he that calls you, who also will do it. Glory to God. God's faithful to do it. Whatever his promises are, he'll do it for us. All we have to do is stand back and be patient and believe. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10. In Hebrews chapter 10. Whoa, glory to God. Verse 23, let us hold fast our profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Glory to God, hallelujah. He is faithful. And of course, 1 John. And 1 John. Verse 9, if we confess our Sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful. Glory to God. Because God is who he is, we cannot count, we can count on him in every situation we face in life because he's faithful. Friends will fail us, but God is faithful. Let's go to uh, re return to the book of uh, Psalms. Find the 41st Psalm. That's Psalms 41. God's good. Look at verse 9. Psalms. Friends will fail, but God is faithful. Psalms 41, 9. Yea, my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which I did eat of my breath, hath lifted up his heel against me. But thou, O God, be merciful unto me, and raise me up, that I might require them. So God is faithful. Friends are not faithful, but God is. Glory to God. Psalms 142. Psalms 142. And Psalms 142. Verse 4, Psalms 142.4. I looked and I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Verse 5. Then I cried unto thee, O Lord, and said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Glory to God. He's faithful to us. Friends may, may fall apart on us, but faithful is he. Let's go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 this time. 2 Timothy chapter 2. That key section of your Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Our feelings will fail us, but uh, God is faithful to us. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not yet, he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's faithful unto us. Back up to the book of Philippians. And we will go to Philippians chapter 1. That's Philippians chapter 1. And... We will look at verse 
where are we? Philippians 1. And looking at verse, being confident of this very thing, Philippians 1 6, being confident of this very thing that that he which hath begun a good work in you will perfect it, perform it until the day of Christ. He's faithful. He knows what you need or what I need, and he is faithful to develop it in us as we are, as we yield to him. Regardless of the realm of life, the Lord can be trusted to stand by his promises. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. In Romans chapter 10. He will save us if we will come to Jesus. Romans 10, 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that in thy heart he hath, that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So he's faithful to set us free. Jeremiah 33. I know we're jumping around. I'm going to hurry up. Jeremiah chapter 33. Jeremiah 33 and verse 3, Call upon me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Hallelujah. When you call upon him, he's faithful to answer. He will meet our needs, according to Philippians 4.19. He's faithful to meet our needs. I'm just going to give you the, the addresses at this point. He will give us grace in time of trials. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. He will give us peace in the midst of every circumstance and situation. That's Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. These are powerful assurances that are contained in God's word. And you can be certain that he won't change his mind or forget about any one of them. Let's go to the 3M section of your Bible, which is Malachi, Matthew, and Mark. And we want to go to Malachi. Find chapter 3. That's Malachi 3 and verse 6. It says, I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. I am the Lord, I change not. He doesn't forget his promises. He's not going to. He is infinite, indestructible, and an awesome God who's committed to you and I as children for eternity. Glory to God. Amen. Okay, let's all stand. Get to go home. Anybody want needing prayer or
I know I asked you about prayer, so. So, Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that we have a better understanding, Father God, that you are faithful, that you are trustworthy, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that we put our trust in you, Father God, that we will not compromise on the word, but, Father God, call upon you, Father God, for you'll answer us, Father God. Give us the right answers, Father. And Father God, as we go our separate ways, Father God, thank you, Lord, that you give us each a good night's rest, Father God. And Father God, I thank you, Lord, that which we ask at the very beginning of the service, Father God, in prayer, Father God. We commit those things to you because you are faithful to accomplish that which we've asked, whatever we desire. So Father God, those desires, we thank you, Lord, will come to pass. Thank you, Lord, for the healings. Thank you, Lord, for moving quickly, Father God, in areas, Father God, which seems to be bogged down, Father God. You're faithful, Father God, to each and every one of us. You want us, Father God. So, Father, give us good night's rest for tomorrow's endeavors. And I thank you, Lord, that you're faithful, Father God, when we arise in the morning, Father God, to give you glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.